Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now I will be on my best behaviour. If you're a visitor here, I just want to apologise in advance. Um, in case I do say something which may not necessarily go your way. Uh, my wife's not here. Juan, Juan, Juan Carlos Ortez, a great preacher from South America, I believe he was, anyway, um, once said that uh, man is very fortunate if we have the two Holy Spirit. One is the Holy Ghost, the other one is the Holy Wife. And, uh, and uh, that is true in my life. Um, my wife keeps me on the straight and narrow and, and has, has saved my, my, my life many times. Uh, and so I'm going to be reliant on the ladies in the front row this morning. Um, just a couple of things. This, this one here, that means running out of time. Um, this one here means to, no, come back on track. I do have a tendency to sort of get, get a little bit distracted. And this one here <laughs> is don't go there. All right, so, uh, um, so there's a few uh, tips for you, all right? Um, so it's a great privilege to be here once again and to uh, minister uh, at this time. We have been doing, uh, I say we, I wasn't going to say, oh, did you notice that I wasn't on the videos? But then there was a photo, so uh, that was about like 70 years ago or something, I don't know. Um, but... Uh, because uh, I was going to say, that's because, you know, I'm, I'm just a regular member. Um, I've been here since day one, maybe even preceding day one um, with, uh, with Chad and Jay. And uh, so I uh, include all of you as part of my inheritance. I'm claiming that. Uh, so uh, thanks for that. Appreciate your work. What we're doing at the moment is, uh, in Bayside Church, is a series out of the book of uh, Ephesians. Now, we've had Brooke, uh, who did Ephesians chapter 1. Great message. I've been listening to all the messages this week. Awesome. Uh, Brooke talked about adoption and adoption into the family of God. If you haven't heard it, go and grab it online. It's awesome. Chad then went through Ephesians chapter 2, where he talked about the reconciled community, looking at the Jews and Gentiles, but also looking at us being reconciled within community to God and how that works. Also a great message, go and have a listen to it. Caleb, wasn't sure about Caleb, um, I couldn't get past the mullet. Anyway, fortunately I put it on audio and, and we got there, and, um, and he talked about better together with Jesus, because that's the theme of the series that we're doing. It's called Better Together, all right? And uh, so I have the privilege now of, of uh, continuing on with, uh, don't know why I'm in Galatians, but anyway, we'll go, we'll go to Ephesians, which is a little bit to the left. And um, uh, I'm going to be uh, preaching out of Ephesians uh, chapter 4, but only the first part, which is verses 1 to 16, which is a very uh, um, uh, great opportunity or great privilege. It is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, uh, uh, and so uh, I am reasonably familiar with it. Also, it has a lot of themes in it, so I'm going to pick one theme, okay? 
and I would encourage you to uh, go and have a read of it. And there are other themes in there that I'd encourage you to do. But it does talk about, um, you know, even some of the stuff we've been we've been talking about today, partnerships and those sort of things, as well with other with other uh, ministries and churches and those those sort of things. All right. Um, I did notice that Chad and Caleb sang uh, during their message. So um, so. Uh, I'm not sure whether I'm going to actually go there, but uh, what would you do if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out at me? You know. All right, for anybody who didn't know, that song was Joe Cogger. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Just. Thanks, Jay. You got it. All right, that was a practice one. Okay, that was, that was a practice one. So I'm just going to map out this morning. What we're going to do is we're going to read the passages of Scripture because we want to hear the, uh, gospel, uh, not the, uh, the book of Ephesians in its entirety being read publicly. Um, that's uh, an instruction we do get in Scripture. Do not uh, forsake the public reading of Scripture. Um, we're going to pray. I'm going to preach. I'm sort of going to teach more than preach. Um, and because of that, there's going to be a lot of stuff, all right? So if you're one of those people who like, can only get one or two, two things and then you get distracted because it's a glorious day or you got Jubilee lunch or something and you're focused on that, just, uh, um, just allow God to highlight something for you and then what I'm going to do is going to make my notes available. And that way, if you wish to, don't have to, uh, have a look through and, and maybe there are some things, some keys for you, because that's what I want to do, is give you some keys to enable you to be who God's created you to be. That's sort of what we're talking about, okay? So, um, uh, and then we're going to pray. I want to pray, I believe in the power of activation. When we pray, we can activate things in people's lives. I come as a gift with some knowledge, but also I believe I can come with a gift that has there's a, a supernatural impartation that can um, be transferred uh, uh, into your life uh, that will help you to be able to be more effective in the things that God uh, has got. Is that all right? It's not too weird and super, super spiritual? One of my great passions is to demystify the supernatural. We, we should just be like so unbelievably normal with the supernatural. That's who Christians should be. All right. And so, so I, I, God has been very uh, kind in using me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm one of the people that talks about in Acts chapter 4 where the, 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 uh, the, the Sanhedrin uh, who, were, who had pulled Peter and John in and questioned them and were going to kill them, but they talked a very, very, very long time if you have a look at it, and then it sent, they sent them away, and they marveled uh, because they were unschooled, ordinary people. That's me, all right? Uh, but then it said, but they took note they had been with Jesus, and that's about the only qualification I have. I've never been to seminary, but I've been to Calvary. Anybody heard that song? The Reverend, the Reverend uh, Dan Smith once sang that song. Go and Google it on YouTube. It's pretty cool. All right. Um, so uh, what was I going to do? Okay. So, uh, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, you won't remember everything. I'm going to make my notes available. Um, so uh, then, we'll, then we'll go from there. So let me, uh, let me read this and then we'll get into it. So uh, I don't have a radio voice like Chad. As a prisoner for the Lord. Then I, no, all right. Um, do you love it? Okay, no, I won't stay there because I'll get distracted and then I'll probably shift into uh, my offer cons or something. All right, uh, it says in verse 1, going through to verse 16, so I'm going to read the light as a prisoner and I'm also going to invite you to participate. I, I'm a trainer 
one of the jobs I've got. I'm also a professional bird watcher. I don't know whether that's anything, anybody knows that. Uh, I'm also, uh, I was a surf coach. Uh, I've done a lot of things in my life to make money um, and I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm currently training and so I'm probably going to go into training mode and I'm going to solicit some responses from you guys. Is that okay? Now, you don't have to respond if you don't want to, but it's uh, encouraging to me. You can pander to my insecurities. All right. Um, it says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Say, calling I have received. Oh, you are awesome. All right. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Say, unity of the Spirit. Through the bond of peace, there is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Makes it fairly plain that there's just one. All right, uh, but to each one of us, say each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he left captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Say gifts to men. Say gifts to women. Say gifts to kids. All right, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended into the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. I'm not going to go into all that. Anyway, it says it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service. Say works. That's interesting. Um, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach the unity of the faith. Say unity of the faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, always in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined together and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Say, work. Cool. All right. So uh, uh, this is the word of the Lord. Oh, you're supposed to say, thanks be to God. That's what they did in uh, one of the other churches I went to. Um, I was in a church one time and the, the, the guy came up to me and he said, it was called Passing of the Peace. Anybody heard it? All right, we used to say, peace be with you. And then the, you'd go, and with you. And I'd just come back from Africa. I'd been there with my parents who were missionaries. And the, the minister said, came up to me and shook my head. I said, I'm Steve. He said, well, peace be with you, Steve. And I went, right on. And, and uh, that wasn't quite the response that he was, um, he was expecting, but I did get there. All right, so we're talking about better together. Um, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you that even in the public reading of it, Lord God, you can impact our hearts. You can plant seeds. You can help seeds that are already there grow, germinate, put roots down into good soil and to be able to produce fruit. 
And so, Father, my prayer for this morning is that whatever I say or whatever I read or whatever it is that's going to, going to uh, help people, that somehow uh, you, by your supernatural power, you'll impact hearts and minds to be able to enable us as your people to be able to be more effective in the ministry that you've called each and every one of us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, can you say amen? All right, so just receive that. All right, so um, let's have a look at the time. It is quarter past 11. I would suggest I'm going to be about 30 minutes. Is that okay? Okay, and then what we're going to do, we'll, we'll, I'm going I'm to uh, get you to respond should you wish or you feel that you need to, and then we're going to pray. And then also make opportunity that if anybody wishes to get prayer for healing, I would love to be able to lay hands on people because the Bible says that uh, we can do that and the sick will recover. All right. And so I want to make every opportunity to be able to do that. So before I do go into what I wanted to share about, I just want to give a little bit of a brief context uh, in around the church. Um, Brooke and Caleb talked about who Paul was. Chad talked about the culture uh, of the church. And so if you're here as a visitor this morning, uh, it might be helpful to get, a, to get those tapes and have a listen. Tapes. Um, uh, recordings and uh, have a listen and that will that will help you understand a little bit more uh, in regards to this um, but I'm going to talk about the what preceded and also how uh, the planning of Ephesus as a church and also uh, how that church um, operated in its in, in its environment all right um, so we're talking about better together I just want to read this uh, out of out of a book which is written by my good friend Chad Mansbridge who said, um, who said this, uh, together we, plural, are God's masterpiece, a multicolored, multidimensional work of art displayed and multicolored, multidimensional nature uh, of our makeup. All right, God is multifaceted and beautifully complex. His scriptures are multifaceted and beautifully complex and takes a multifaceted community to experience, explain and exhibit the full beauty of of the complexity and then he goes on quoting out of Ephesians chapter 3 um, which uh, Caleb talked about so now through the church the manifold wisdom of God uh, might be made known and that's and that's what we are trying to cultivate in this series is to see the complexity and the, um, the, the, the unique creativity that God has placed in each and every one of us and explain how essential that is for the church to be impactful in our community, all right? I don't know about you, but the reason that we're here is not to have great meetings on Sunday. The reason we're here is to impact our community in such a way that we actually change the world, all right? All right, I may be an idealist. I'm happy if you wish to label me in that way, but I wish to see the world changed. How many of you know it needs to be changed? It needs some love, some care, and it needs to understand that Jesus is Lord uh, because there's a lot of nonsense going on in the world today. True. All right? And, uh, and so if I can help in some way, that's what I'm going to do. All right. So let's, uh, let's continue on. So what was I going to say? Uh, oh, let me just tell you a quick story. Okay. Quick story. Um, I came back from Africa, as I said a little while ago. My parents, uh, we're, I'm an Australian. I was born in Loxton, South Australia. How you going? 
And um, uh, then my parents whisked me off to Africa as a, as a missionary. Uh, my dad was working as a missionary uh, and I, I was very upset about that because I left all my friends and then I had such a great time in Malawi, Central Africa uh, that uh, then they wanted to bring me back and I was upset about that as well because I didn't want to come home. And then when I got back, uh, but what I did develop within the context of that time and then through, through my later teenage years and into my early, early 20s was uh, I discovered one thing, I'm a good bloke. Um, I got to know me really, really well and I actually really enjoyed hanging out with me. Because uh, I spent a lot of time on my own because I did correspondence in Malawi, Central Africa from Australia, which was a complete waste of time, except I got very good at bird watching uh, and, other, and other animals, spent a lot of time in national parks and things like that. But my schooling was a little bit ordinary. I went to school in South Africa for a year, passed with five E's, which I thought was for excellent, but <laughs> apparently, apparently it wasn't. Um, and so when I came back to Australia, I, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do, I ended up... Anyway, the point is, uh, I was very secure, have always been secure. Um, my wife says a little bit too secure sometimes. Um, people, you know, want to get rid of the fear of man. I've had people say, you need a little bit of the fear of man. Because um, uh, in a lot of circumstances, I just don't care. Um, so so uh, what am I saying? Uh, so, so anyway... Uh, I'd become very secure and also I'd become very individualistic because I didn't need anybody else. Well, I did not need anybody in my life. I, Mum was good because she cooked, but I could still cook myself. <laughs> all right? uh, uh, and, and I was a, uh, and still are really a hedonistic surfer who, who, um, who just uh, uh, is, is, is relatively... Anyway, um, the point was security... Uh, but also very individualistic. I didn't need anybody to make me feel good. I could do that uh, by, by engaging in all the fun things that I, enj I enjoyed doing. And so uh, God spoke to me um, uh, uh, and said, Steve, would you go to Africa as a missionary? I went, yeah, sure. You know, good ways, awesome wildlife, you know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, and there's people there. I suppose I could tell them about the gospel. That'd be awesome. Um, and, then, and then he was quiet. And then he said, sometime later, Steve, would you go to uh, Africa as a missionary and would you go by yourself? And I went, sure. Then he waited a period of time. Steve, would you like to go to Africa as a missionary and would you go by yourself? Now I'm a little bit uh, clever enough to work out that when God keeps asking the same question, my response is probably not the one he's expecting. So I went as Ezekiel uh, uh, did when, when he was asked about the bones he said, only you know, Lord. That's a good response. <coughs> because, because clearly my answer wasn't the one that he was wanting. And so I asked that question, only you know, Lord, what do you want to teach me? And then he took me on a journey where he had to deconstruct self-reliance. Like being secure is a good thing. But being self-reliant is not how we're created. True. And, uh, and I had to go through a process, which I did, and undo some things, some, some, some uh, unhelpful uh, habits which I'd created, uh, which were my protection mechanisms. And then, not long after that, I met my wife, which was awesome. Because reality is, as I was like, uh, that wouldn't have worked. All right? And so, because now I've got to remember. And so for me, community 
operating in community, the community of God, the community in which we live is, is huge in my understanding as far as who we are in Christ. Okay? Is that right? So, um, and welcome to all the people on the live stream. Great to see you. Um, all right, just quickly. So, so Paul, uh, before he comes to Ephesus, let me just uh, run through this quickly because for the sake of time. Paul, as we know, uh, was in Jerusalem preaching to a whole bunch of people who knew about the God of the Torah. They had understanding. Uh, and, and so a lot of his message was around around, you know, uh, trying to persuade and argue with people who were in a particular culture that Jesus was the Messiah and, um, and, and that uh, we can come through to God through Christ Jesus. And, um, and that was working to a certain extent. There was a few challenges that he had. And then he went through various other places, uh, Conium, Lystra, Derby, a whole bunch of other places that we've never heard of. And then uh, Thessalonica, uh, and he goes into the synagogue and he preaches and he, and he, and he uh, reasons with the people and, and uh, has the measure of success. And then he gets to Athens where there's a whole bunch of people who have got no clue about what he's talking about. All right, so it's a totally different culture. Um, and he starts talking about the resurrection of the dead and it says uh, many of them sneered at him. Uh, others said, mm, we'd like to hear a little bit more about this teaching. They liked teaching, they liked different concepts, you know, but that's all it was. And then it says, and a few became followers of Paul and believed. And so he's sort of going, well, what's going on? Normally I go in there and I do, do this stuff and people get, you know, uh, we have an argument and then I win and I bring people into the, into the, uh, uh, into the faith, you know, with, through Jesus Christ. And then he goes down to Corinth and he goes, okay, well, normally I go to the, the synagogue. So he does that again, works out terribly for him. And so it says, well, stick that, I'm going to go and, uh, and, and do my own thing and, and, and get people. And so he did. And it says that he, he, he uh, stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the Word of God. Interesting, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, he says, My message uh, and my preaching were not with uh, persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of power. Because uh, I want uh, your faith not to be uh, based on man's wisdom, but on the power of God. And so he changed his modus operandi when he was talking to people who didn't necessarily have the same concept. And so when he gets down to Ephesus, um, the first thing he does, he meets a group of people who say they're believers and he goes, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Because Paul now is gone, it's not going to work just trying to inf in, uh, reason with people and argue with people. What's going to work is a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so, uh, so the, the church in Ephesus was sort of born out of this. Now, to, uh, you know, to go be true to Scripture, he did go back to the synagogue and try to do his whole, you know, let's have an argument thing. Worked out terribly. Again, went somewhere else. And then he gathered some disciples based on a, an understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit. It says uh, um, in verse 11, he, he tried the synagogue, there were problems, but he went elsewhere. And it says in verse 11 of chapter 19 of the book of Acts, talking about this account, uh, that God did extraordinary miracles. All right? And so uh, what I want to do is I want to use that a bit of a basis to, to go where we're going to talk about. So the, 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 the church in Ephesus, uh, just out of interest, um, if you have a look at it, it says, uh, talking about that church, two years 
uh, he was there, taught the people, went out and impacted the region. Um, and they, oh, Sorry, they went out and impacted the region with their normal lives. And so in this whole thing of better together, my passion is that you will be become the most effective person that you can be. Because I can't do what you do. I can't be where you're going. I can't uh, uh, shop where you shop. I can't work where you work. Only you can. And so if you can be the most effective gift, which is what we're talking about, to the people and the, the, the business and the community that you are in, then that is a win for the kingdom. True. And that's, that's sort of the basis of where I'm going. And so it says of this particular church, by the way, Ephesus, the, there's a lot of different church models in the scripture. I like Ephesus. I don't know why. It's just my deal. Um, Acts chapter 19 says, All the Jews and the Greeks in the whole province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Why? Because everybody, not Paul, he stayed there and taught. Everybody else went out and did who, um, and were who God had created them to be. And the whole province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. It says, uh, People were seized with fear and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. What a great testimony. Victor Harbour, the name of Jesus was held in high honour in the region of Victor Harbour. What a great testimony. It's great to see all those testimonies, by the way, that was here. The word of the Lord spread quickly and grew in power, verse 20. And in verse 27, if you have a look at the account, uh, it, it, they actually changed the financial and the spiritual climate of the, of the entire city. They, they, they shifted things away from idol worship and they, they uh, became a community that was able to uh, express the, the things of the kingdom. And so there was a great transformation in that, in, that, in that place because the people became who God had created them to be. Amen? And so in that, we are all better together because they did that by operating in their gifting, which is what I'm going to talk about. So um, my passion is to see believers rise up in their gifting to ensure that the world gets to be released into all of its fullness. I'm very heavily motivated by Romans chapter 8, verse 19, which says, All creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Now, let me just preface one thing. The word sons has got absolutely nothing to do with gender. It's got everything to do with inheritance. All right, In this culture, sons were the ones that inherited, as Chad talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. But in our culture and in our understanding of kingdom, there is no male nor female, uh, uh, slave uh, nor free, Jew nor Gentile, for we are all one in Christ. All right, makes sense. And so when we're talking about sons, we're talking about those who are the inheritors of everything that the Father has for us, which not only means that we are in his household, but it also means we are legally, legally responsible and also empowered to administrate everything that the Father has. True. All right. So you have within your domain the access to the legal right to administer the Father's will. All right? Now, I don't know about you. A lot of people go, why doesn't God just do something? And God's going, why don't you do something? Because that's how he has partnered us in this place together. True. He's, he's commissioned us 
from day one in the book of Genesis to, to be the administrators of his creation. And people still don't recycle. It's just amazing. Anyway, um, and so we have a responsibility and also the authority to administrate God's will in our sphere of, 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 of the environment in which we're in. All right, is that a new concept to you? If not, uh, awesome. If so, do something about it. Because God's given you the gifts to be who you are in your circumstances. All right, so let's look at these gifts. He's talked about gifts. He gives gifts to, uh, uh, to men. We've, we've, we've read that. So who, does he, so who gives the gifts? He does. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Okay? So the Father gives us gifts through Jesus. Uh, who does he give them to? Ephesians 4, 7, we've read it, each one of us. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, each one receives gifts. When does he give us gifts? Well, that's a very interesting question. Sometimes, if you go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, won't go there, it talks about a whole lot of gifts. Gifts of prophecy, gifts of healing, gifts of words of knowledge, words of wisdom, etc., etc. Those, I believe, are manifestational gifts that can be, it says the Holy Spirit administrates them at any time to anyone. All right, so someone gets a prophetic word and they now think that they're a prophet and that's their only gift that they've got. No, that was just what the gift was needed at that particular time. Gift of, gift of prophecy, right? That's what was needed. No point in being an evangelist if gift of prophecy is, is, is required. So each and every one of us can receive manifestational gifts at any time for any given circumstance. True? That's my, my perspective. I hope that's, that's good. It's a couple of people clapping. Thank you. I'll preach to you. All right. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, on the other hand, talks about some other gifts. I'll just quickly read them because I can't remember them. But um, it says here in Romans chapter 12, uh, it's quite good because you've got 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. I can remember 12s. It's good. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. A man's gift is prophesying. Let him use it in proportion to his faith. Very important key. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the need of others, uh, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it is mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Uh, it goes uh, back in chapter 11, it says, uh, so let me just explain that. I believe these ones are what I call motivational gifts. They're more like who God's created us to be in our uniqueness. All right. So some of us are good at various different things and some of us are good at other things. And I'm a bit of a jack at all trades, not so great at anything, but I can do most things. All right. So um, I, I have a go. That's, that's, that's the point. All right. And so, uh, uh, but it says there that the, the giftings and the callings of God in uh, chapter 11, back a little bit beforehand, gifts of the calling of God, um, verse 29, it says, are irrevocable. Have I just moved this? How's that, Alex? Better? Cool. Um, and uh, 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 they're irrevocable. They're actually fabricated into your personality, your DNA. It is who you are. And some people are just amazingly uh, um, uh, generous uh, they have an incredible gift of creating wealth and their generosity is, I've tried to do that and I do it as much as I possibly can, um, uh, but uh, I'm not as good as, uh, as other people. We've got a guy in our church who, who's one of these guys who bounds up to you and I watch people sort of avoid him a little bit because he's, he's extrovert and, uh, 
But if you listen to what he does, he comes up to you and he gives you a hug and then he prophesies over you that you are a son or daughter of God and God loves you so much. And, he, and, and just sometimes you just need that, don't you? And so, so I sort of position myself and go, bring it on. You know, um, come and encourage me. Gift of encouragement is so needed in the church today. All right, so, um, so that's one thing. And then we see in uh, verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 4, talking about the fivefold ministry. Uh, it was he who gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers uh, for the, to, to equip God's people for works of service so that the whole body will be built up, etc., etc. And I think much has been made of the fivefold ministry. Uh, some uh, reasons are good, some reasons are probably not so great. Um, uh, but uh, can we just, just realise that they're given to the church? All right, and, and, and some people have made them exclusive to some specialized ministry out there that we've got to pay five bucks a week to or something. Um, sorry, shouldn't say that. Uh, that was your time to go like that, James. Um, you know, but, you know, there are some challenges in this area, I think. But uh, I, I believe it says to the church, all right? And what do you do in an environment when we're all locked down? We can't, we can't get to places anyway. You know, I believe within our ranks... There are people with an apostolic, prophetic, pastor, teacher, evangelist call and gift on your life, all right? It doesn't mean you're going to become a worldwide ministry. What it does mean is there are some people in your context that you can equip for the works of the ministry, all right? And, and so it's not uh, without coincidence that Chad's in Byron Bay preaching at our friend's uh, church up there and, and I'm here and... and um, uh, um, you know, I haven't written a book, Chatters, he's amazing. Uh, but, but we just get on and do what God has called us to do. True? We don't have to make a big thing about it. We don't have to set up a platform uh, and become some, some ministry thing. We just get on and do what God has called us to do and people get encouraged along the way and ga- uh, gain some skill. That was a bit, that was a bit quiet, that one. Um, <laughs> All right, so what do we do with them? We use them. What do we do with our gifts? We use them. We only have one life. True. Sorry to disappoint you if you think otherwise. Uh, we only get one life. Um, I don't fear dying, but uh, I, I do fear not living. And living to me is to express who I am and to be the gift that God has created me to be to the church. One of the great philosophers of the 20th century said this, it's my life, it's now or never. I ain't going to live forever. I just want to live while I'm alive. All right, that was Bon Jovi. All right. Um, and that's true. I just want to live while I'm alive. I get one life, I want to live it, I want to make sure it works. I probably won't live a long life, although people have prophesied over me long life, I receive that. But, um, but uh, who kno- I, I, I actually don't care. All right, so um, I just want to be who God's created me, and I have, and that's why I, I, I uh, am secure in that. Where do we use them? All right, um, Matthew 10, 7 or 8, this is my mantra. All right, ready for this one? Uh, are we allowed to say mantra in the church? Um, <laughs> this is my mantra. As you go, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, as you go, preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Because freely you have received and freely give. All right? Um, That is my mantra. As you go, 
not when you come on Sunday. Now, we can do some stuff on Sunday, and you guys do an amazing job with worship and, and um, uh, sound and art and all, all the, like incredible stuff. The people are so creative. Uh, lightsabers. Um, <laughs> but the purpose of all what we're doing now is so that we, as we go in, in our community, um, we be who God has called us to be. And we preach the kingdom of heaven is accessible. That's what it means. It's at hand. It's accessible. You can enter into it. You can be connected to God. And then we demonstrate the power of the kingdom by healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons. I'm with you, Martin. Like, I, I want to see someone raised from the dead. I've had a couple of goes. Um, not too successful so far. Uh, but, um, but that's not going to stop me from having another crack. So if you die in the service, I'm, I'm, me and we'll be there, won't we? We'll, we'll have a crack. We'll, we'll have a go. I remember one of the guys on the video, Tony Rainbow, I remember he preached a message called Have a Go, You Mug, uh, a very Australian message, which is sort of, sort, of, sort of way, yeah, that's right. If I don't go surfing, I'm not going to catch waves. If I do go surfing, there's a good chance I might get something. All right? So I, I, my thing is I'm just going to have a go. All right? Not just... Not just um, Sunday, but out in the community where we go. All right, in what context? In community, better together. Being apart, we just exist. There's a point. In community, that's where we really live. True? I don't know about you, uh, but when you get married, I didn't know this at the time, uh, but we say some things. One is, uh, in the presence of these witnesses, God and also the community around me, I commit myself to you. I really didn't know what that meant. Someone's getting married soon. I saw a young gentleman that was up here. Hey, how you going? Um, and uh, uh, so this is for you, your sake uh, and others. Uh, uh, but when you, when you do that, um, I don't need to say that to tell my wife that I loved her because I've already done that. That was, that was uh, in, in my combi some, some months beforehand. I told her I loved her. I told her I wanted to marry her. Uh, we've already made a commitment together, all right? So in our heart, that's it. We're done. We're ready to go. But there was a wedding, which was the public uh, uh, pronunciation of our intent. We've already made it known to each other, but we need to make a public commitment because what we're saying is, for goodness sake, God, we need your help. And for goodness sake, people, we need your help. Because you can't have a marriage outside community. That's what I've discovered. You can't raise kids outside community. We've raised our kids in a community. People like Chad and Jay are part of our wider community and they've helped us raise our kids. Um, uh, you, you, there's a lot of things we can't do because community is how we've been created. God created us for community. And, and so when we come into the kingdom of God, um, and if you, you don't know Jesus today... Um, there is a community that needs you, and you need them. And should you wish to, I would invite you to come and see me afterwards, and I'd love to pray for you and, 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 and help you make a decision to, to uh, enter the community that God has for you. All right. Um, all right, leave that out. Who with? Who do we do it with? Well, first of all, we do it with Jesus. In Mark chapter 16, verse 20, it says the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And it says the Lord worked with them. And he confirmed their ministry 
by signs and wonders? No. He confirmed how amazing they were by signs and wonders? No. He confirmed how righteous they were with signs and wonders? No. He confirmed his word. That's all we can rely on. I can't rely on my ministry. I can't rely on how righteous I am. I can't rely on how good I am at my gift. What I can do is I can rely on the word of God. And it says he confirmed his word with signs that accompanied the, the, the work that they, they did. And so it's always a great partnership, us and God relying on him and his word, but we have a part to play. It's not going to happen in a vacuum. Amen? All right, so, uh, so that's we work with Jesus, but we also work with each other. We've already read Ephesians chapter 4, 16. It says, as each part does its work. Some people don't like the word work. Sorry, it's in the Bible. Um, your gift is irrelevant outside of community. I hope that's not too harsh because we are better together. Um, and so, so that is how God has, has orchestrated us. We work with Jesus and we work with each other. And Jay mentioned the word partnership, or Chad on the video uh, mentioned partnership. Um, I love the passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And many of you would know it. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are? Right. That's what most people respond with. And that's good because we sing it in our songs. But it actually says they are, yes, in Christ... And through him, the partnership, the amen is spoken by us, right? So the promises of God in your life equate to the giftings that he's placed within you, true? So people go, well, what's my gift? I don't know, what are you passionate about? Not unhelpful things. What are you passionate about in regards to kingdom values? And th those sort of things. That's a good starting point. And start to develop those things, all right? Um, but there is, there is promises that God has made over your life which align themselves with the gifting that He's placed within you that we need to respond to by saying the so be it to the glory of God. That's what it says. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ and through Him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen. And so I want to encourage you that you have a part to play with Jesus in those promises. You're just going, I'm waiting for the promises to be revealed or to operate. No, start doing something about it because God wants to use you in your circumstances because you are a gift. All right, do we have to? Yes. Parable of talents. Go and read it for yourself. Um, yeah, we do. Um, we, we, we need to, otherwise we're not living. If we're not being who God's created us before, you know, I want to live while I'm alive. Um, uh, so we just need to, we need to go for it. All right. So what do we do this for? It says, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach the unity of the faith uh, in the knowledge of the Son of God. I got you to, to uh, comment on that. It says right at the beginning of the scripture, it talks about we have the unity of the spirit, but then it's what, what we want to get to is the unity of the faith. All right, so we are mature in those things that we want to we want to do, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, is what's uh, written in the scripture. All right, is this helpful? Okay, as I said, I'll make this make these notes available should you wish. All right, so um, 
how do we maintain our effectiveness? What do we do about it? So there's some in instructions in regarding to what we do with our gifts. Um, how do we maintain our effectiveness? Uh, and so I've just got a couple of keys here, and then we're going to finish and pray. Is that okay? All right. So um, first of all, gathering together. The writer of Hebrews in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, uh, let us not um, give up meeting together. Why? Because it goes on to say, uh, it, it, let us encourage one another. So meeting together is a great place of encouragement. I don't know about you, I was so encouraged by all the testimonies that came out here. We used to do that in our church. We used to get people up and share testimonies. I said to our church, we're going to do testimonies every week. I don't care whether you like it or not. We're just going to do it because I'm the leader and I've got the microphone. All right. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and I said, invite people, come and, come and share your testimony. And no one came. And so I'd tell them a testimony that I had. And then I told the same one, I don't know, about five times um, because I only had one. Um, and and, uh, uh, and <laughs> not, not really. Uh, but... Um, you know, until eventually people go, oh, you know, I can tell a testimony. And it was great. You all did it very succinctly. You didn't do the old, well, I was driving down the road and there was a car. It was red. No, it was blue. blue. I think it was a car. It might have been a motorbike. No, no, you did it really well. So you've been trained well and, and, uh, uh, and you just got onto the, the bit there. But it's so encouraging. And if we can come to church and just hear testimonies, I'm like, wrap the thing up. Let's get out there and be who God's created us to be. True. All right, we can all preach to one another. And so, um, so they're, they're really important. Uh, testimonies, uh, we, if we, uh, all right, um, oh, I don't know about you, but this last two years done my head in. I loved what you said, uh, post, I think you said post-COVID or after COVID. I went, oh yeah, we're, we're there. Now, there's still some challenges. We actually lost a dear uh, member of our congregation through the week because of COVID this week, so that was very sad. Um, so we're not quite out of the woods, but I think as a community, we're, we're pretty much there, all right? But in this time, I'm actually assessing. I don't know about you, but I'm a trainer and an assessor. I like to train and then assess. That's my job, <laughs> all right? So I'm assessing how could we, the church, have done this better? Because I don't know about you, I think we missed a great opportunity, all right? I think, and this might be a little bit controversial, I'm sorry about that, um, but uh, I think if we'd spent less time on the internet, Googling a whole bunch of stuff, which was very unhelpful, uh, and actually just went out and healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers and cast out demons, I reckon we would have had a lot more impact on the community at large. All right? Uh, and I'm speaking to myself in that as well, because I got stuck on the internet a few times going, is it really true? And so what I did is I, uh, I made some changes in my life, um, which include this. First of all, I, uh, um, uh, in verse, that's right, in verse 24 of Hebrews 11, it says that we should consider ways how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. All right? That's part of what we do on Sunday. All right? Now, they use the word spur. Uh, which I think is interesting because my understanding of spurs are those things on the back of your boots that you give horses a bit of a, a G up when you want to get the horse to go. And sometimes we need to do that with one another, don't we? We need to go, hey, that's interesting. Maybe you should just go and do something else. Um, or maybe you should maybe not focus on that latest, latest controversy that you've suddenly invested your entire life into. And maybe you should just go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. Is that all right? 
All right, because I think we lost uh, an opportunity. Uh, I think there were some things that we did all right. Uh, there were some other things I think we could have done a whole lot better. Um, I, next time we have a pandemic, I'm going to set up little stalls on the side of the road and go free healing or something. I don't know. But seriously, um, uh, uh, there are some things, we, there's some distractions that occurred. Anyway, all right. So one thing we can do is be a people who stir ourselves up. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says, building yourself up in the most holy faith. If you want to operate your gifting at a more effective level, one is get to understand what your gifting is. That's helpful. We do that in community. I've had people who go, my gift is this. And I go, really? Have you fleshed it out in community yet? No. I go, try that, then assess it. All right? Because maybe that's not your, your gifting to be a worldwide evangelist when you don't even have a passport. All right, so, so maybe you should just adjust a few things, work with the people that are in your community and then see what, what uh, operates within that context. All right, so stirring ourselves up is really important. Um, part of our role, yes, we get encouraged by testimonies. Yes, we get encouraged by gathering together. But there's also times when we need to stir ourselves up. All right, and, and that requires us to be diligent. Praying, uh, stir yourself up, build yourself up, it says, in the most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Um, and, and that's one thing I do on a regular occasion is I pray in the Holy Spirit because what it does is it strengthens my inner man. Uh, it says that in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think it is. But it strengthens, it strengthens my inner man. Uh, 14, sorry, chapter 14. Uh, and, and praying in the Holy Spirit gets me, gets me into a place of faith and expectation to be able to operate in the gifts that God has given me. Um, fasting and praying. Uh, uh, this is a lifestyle I have chosen to lead. Not only does it help me keep a couple of extra kilos off, um, it also uh, enables me to focus intentionally on some things that God has said to me. And so I do that as a discipline. And people go, oh, that's legalistic, fasting and praying. I go, no, it's not. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with I'm trying to tune my spirit so that I can be effective in the things that God has for me. Amen. And so uh, one person loved that. That was awesome. Um, thank you for that. Uh, in Mark chapter 9, Jesus, I think I've shared this before through another message, which is a message I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hot on. It's called, it's called Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing. Um, uh, but at, right at the end of it, uh, Jesus, the disciples couldn't cast the demon out in Mark chapter 9 from the young boy. And they went, why couldn't we do it? And he said, this type needs to come out through fasting and praying. But it's interesting that Jesus didn't fast or pray before he cast the demon out. Why? lifestyle all right he lived in that realm of listening to god and operating in the gift that he was in that situation all right um songs worship is a great key i don't know about you uh but songs are very really important to me do you sing that song um uh, the battle belongs uh um when i fight i fight on my knees with my hand lifted high you know, it's a great song. Maybe you should have a look at it. Um, but it's, it goes on to say, When I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Uh, every fear I lay at your feet and I sing through the night. Why? Because I'm fearful and I've got some challenges. And so I sing through the night because the battle belongs to you. And then it goes on to say, Almighty Fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of God. And then all of a sudden, there's just a presence of God. And whenever the presence of God comes, what do we do? We do a key change. 
Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So I started off, thank you. I started off with when I fight, I fight on my knees. I'm in a place of desperation. I got fear. I'm singing through the night because I got, I got challenges. But then through stirring my faith by, by worship, all of a sudden I come into a place of, of you know, by Him I can do all, all things who strengthens me. Amen? And so, uh, so that, that is important. Um, reading, making proclamation about the things that God has said. Grab the promises that God has spoken over your life and verbally make proclamation over your life. Love to go into that one. Um, that's another whole story, uh, but that's, that's another part of it. Uh, I've written here, to maintain your effectiveness, be ruthless with distractions. Negativity, audit your conversations. I've had to do this through this last two years. I'm going, I'm auditing everything, everything I said. I allow myself a little bit of leeway, going a little bit of negativity on the occasion. Maybe have a listen to one, some sort of conspiracy that somebody's telling me. And then eventually I just go, and then eventually I just go, okay, that's enough. All right? Because it's just taking me off into somewhere where I don't want to go. And it's not helping me heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. And it's not helping me to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right? And so I have to be ruthless in areas. I talk to the television. Did anybody else talk to the television? Sheepers. 27 out of 4 people are going to get some serious illness unless you take this tablet, you know. Like, are you seriously? I get up and say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm not going to come under your advertising nonsense, so you can just back off. Um, so that's how I talk to the television. I'm a lot more gracious with the people if I saw them in, in, in uh, real life. All right, unhelpful behavior. Audit what you read and focus on. Is it helpful? Is it enabling you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons and do it for free? Um, check it out. Uh, and sometimes I had to combat some people through this period of time. Steve, have you heard the latest? I got it on the internet. Well, it must be true. <laughs> and, and I go, no, I haven't, but have you... Healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers, or cast out demons recently. Uh, let's just talk about that for a while. Then they tend to run away, and that's quite good. All right. Um, okay. And lastly, consistently use your gifts. Someone once said, repetition is the mother of skill. Uh, and that is true. I've prayed for the sick many times, and I have had a measure of success. The good news is it's getting better. All right. As I consistently do it, I have developed some skill in seeing people healed. All right? Some things I see quite, quite uh, easily. Other things I'm still working on. All right? Uh, cancer is one of them. I'm working on that one. That's a sucker. I, I hate that thing. All right? And uh, uh, cancer is the Goliath that stands in the valley of intimidation that yells at the church and, uh, and says that you can't touch me. And we need a few Davids to stand up and go, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dares to defile the armies of the living God? This day, this day, I'm going to cut your head off. And this day, I'm going to feed your body to the birds of the air. That's what we should do with cancer, eh? All right? And we should just keep consistently having a go, having a go, 
and till we see breakthroughs in those areas. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brethren, when, the, uh, when you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and perseverance must complete its work so that you would be uh, uh, mature, complete, not, not lacking anything. Who wants to be mature, complete, not lacking anything? Well, there are some tests that come. That's the testing of our faith. It's not God saying, I'm going to test your faith. It's testing, hey, how are you going with that gift? There's a gift. Here's an opportunity. How's your gift going? Um, oh, yeah, it's going all right. Okay, well, let's give it a crack on this one. So that's the testing of my faith. When I lay hands on someone who's got cancer, that's testing of my faith. God's not trying to test me. He knows what he's placed within me. He wants me to recognize what I, what's within me and what I can do about it. Make sense? Yeah. All right? And so, so circumstances that come up, I go, okay, this is a God to test. This is an opportunity to test my faith. A teachable moment. We have them with our kids, don't we? This is a teachable moment. Uh, and so we need to uh, engage people in such, uh, those things in such a way. Um, because that way we'll become more mature, more complete, and more not lacking anything. All right? Um, I want to pray. Uh, because I want to add to your faith, I trust. Faith is not conjuring up some sort of emotion. But it's aligning your thoughts. I wrote this from somebody who mentioned something about it in my wife's work the other day. But it's, some, it's not an emotion. It's aligning your thoughts and your actions, important, to the revelation of what God has placed within you. True? So faith is not an emotion. It's aligning your thoughts and your actions. This is my interpretation of what this other gentleman said, with the revelation of what God has placed within you. And if you could see yourself, how God has created you from His perspective, then we're going to be far more effective in what we want to do and what He, he has created us to be. True. All right? So um, that's, that's what I want to do today. Can we just stand? And I'm going to pray. If you're here this morning uh, and you would like to, um, I was going to call people out, but maybe it's better if we just, we just I'd, I'd like some sort of response, not for me, but for you to position yourself, maybe raise your hands, or, but you, you either don't know what your gifting is, all right, that's a good one, all right, and hopefully I've shared some things which would help you. What are your passions? That's a good start. Start with that, work with that in community and see how it goes. Some of you have laid down your giftings because you're going, it's too hard. Tried it. I've tried to persevere, it's too hard. Well, let me stand with you and go, I know how you feel. I've had people die on me, in my watch, through circumstances, but I've made a decision never to give up for praying for people. Um, and then other of you just want a, a, a fresh rejuvenation. So God wants to reveal to you your gifts, if you don't know. He wants to restore gifts that have been laid down. And He wants to rejuvenate gifts that just need a fresh um, uh, empowerment. Okay? If that's you this morning, just position yourself, maybe raise your hand. I won't pray long. But I believe that God will come and impact your life in such a way that you walk out of here with a greater sense of purpose and destiny and with a revelation of what God has called you to do.
Is that okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have placed within this room a multitude of gifts, uniquely designed, uniquely fabricated into the very being of every single person that's in this place, man, woman, and child. And Father, I pray that this morning, that through what I've shared, that some things will become clear, some actions may need to be adjusted, but there will be a release of transforming power in the name of Jesus into people that will bring a fresh impetus of grace, ignite faith, that will see the effectiveness of this church grow exponentially. Father, I pray for those who really have no idea about what their future holds or what you want them to do. I've been there many times. Father, I pray that you would bring revelation. That lady who shared about she got a dream, she doesn't know what it is. I believe that God is, you're one of those people that God is speaking about. God wants to reveal things to people, great testimony through dreams. He's going to give you dreams right across the congregation. He's going to give you dreams about your future. And you're going to receive something from God because you're going to see yourself through God's lenses. You're going to get His perspective on your life and you're going to get an understanding of what you should do about it. There's those that have, you've laid down your, your dreams, you've laid down your, your gifts because of disappointment, discouragement, uh, longevity. I understand that totally. But I want to encourage you this morning. We need you. We need you. We need you. In this time, we need you more than ever. Allow God to restore hope and faith and expectation of what you had dreams and passions about years ago. We need you. Desperately, we need you to operate and be you operating at your best level possible. And for those of, the, those of you who just need a fresh um, uh, release of faith to be able to continue to, to, to go, you've been working hard, you've been doing stuff, and maybe you're not getting the breakthroughs you'd like to see, I just want to encourage you, keep going. We need you to keep going because we need to change the world because it so desperately needs the works of your hand operating to its full effectiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Um, I trust that was helpful. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.